listeners, Rachel Craig here, co-creator of Neon Knights, The Arcane Files of Jack Tracer. This is going to be a special flashback episode of Neon Knights as we build to our season finale. In this episode, you will be meeting Jack's former partner, Sam Marlowe, a young Mickey Flynn, and hearing the event that led to all the strange happenings that Jack has been experiencing throughout this first season. So sit back, relax, and enjoy The Case of the Haunted Past. In the top drawer of my desk, there's a badge. A detective shield for the Neon City Police Department. The badge which I keep polished is a reminder. It reminds me that there are things in this world that I cannot explain. Things that most people couldn't understand. I learned these lessons the hard way. And they play in my mind like a skipping record. Welcome to Neon City, where the lights are bright, but darkness looms. Where Detective Jack Tracer spends his evenings investigating the strange, eerie, and unknown. What secrets lay hidden just beyond the street lamps? Find out on Neon Nights, the arcane files of Jack Tracer. It was a cloudless morning in Neon City, the kind of morning that makes you feel like nothing can go wrong. I had been with the Neon City PD for a while at that point, worked my way up to Detective, and on this particular morning, I was getting coffee with my partner of five years, Sam Marlowe. Come on, Sam. You didn't tell the captain what you saw. Oh, no. And what exactly did you see? You'll laugh. Probably. Well... You know, you were there, Jack. This was at the old abandoned Wainwright place? The B&E from last week? Yeah. I got upstairs to check out the upper rooms. And you screamed. I shouted. Another cup for the boys in blue? I shouldn't. Wife keeps telling me to cut back. Come on. Another cup won't kill you. Tell that to my doctor. We'll both take a refill. <laughs> sure thing. Thanks. No problem. Just holler if you need something. You screamed. I saw a ghost. Not a chance. How would you know? You saw a shadow, and you screamed. You weren't there. You didn't see what I saw. Sam, nobody saw what you think you saw. What you think you saw doesn't exist. One of these days, you're going to have to learn that there are things out there that you just don't understand. I understand that telling the captain that you saw a ghost is a good way to get sent to the station shrink. That's why I didn't tell him. Smart. That scream, though. Shut up. <laughs> Got quite a pair of lungs, Sam. You're not going to let this go, huh? Probably not. I know what I saw. And what did this ghost look like? I don't know, like like a shadow. So it wasn't a ghost at all? No, it was. It's hard, it's hard to explain. It, it was a shadow, but it was darker than the other shadows. And it moved. 
So this person... Ghost. I'm not calling it that. This person, what was it doing? Nothing, but... What? I think it was looking at me. It was at the end of the hall. I saw it, and I was sure that it saw me. So... You screamed. Yelled. I yelled for you, but it was gone before you got You said it was nothing. I thought it was. But now, I, I don't know. I keep getting this strange feeling that someone is watching me. Uh-huh. Check, please. Do you want to drive? Is that the new guy? Yeah, looks like him. Hey, rookie. Detective Tracer? Detective Marlowe? Officer, uh... Flynn! Mickey Flynn! Mickey hadn't been on the force long. I'm ashamed to admit it, but I barely remember meeting the guy. Police detectives and B-cops weren't exactly hostile, but we didn't go out of our way to fraternize either. Nothing personal, just an unspoken rule. You work in the beat here? Actually, I was hoping I could take you up on your offer. Offer? Last week, remember? You said I could ride along on your next big call. I've got my eyes on making detective someday and... Hmm... Sam? Yeah? You got anything, uh... big coming up? Oh, yeah. The captain wanted us to look into some counterfeit jewelry floating around uptown. Right, right. Some big-time fraud ring. Uh, could be a high-profile case. Stakeouts, undercover work, confidential informants. Something like that could really make or break a career. Great! When do we go? I'm not proud of everything I did in those days. I was a different person then. I was set in my ways, I thought I had my life planned out, and I thought I knew what was what. So here I had this rookie standing before me like a hungry man at a soup kitchen, and I didn't have time to babysit some snot-nosed crossing guard with a gun. I don't know, rookie. Don't you have parking tickets to give out? I- Everyone starts at the bottom, Officer Flynn. Keep your head down and stay in your own lane. I think what my partner means is, don't rush. You want to be a detective? Do your work. Do it well. You want to ride along with us? Put in a request at the station. Right. Of course. I'm sorry I bothered you, this. Calling all cars. Calling all cars. We are receiving reports of a fire on corner of 13th and Maltese Avenue. It's the Fate Sisters Thread Factory. I repeat, all cars to the corner of 13th and Maltese. We gotta go, Officer Flynn. Put in that request at the station. Right. And don't worry. Jack's bark's worse than his bite. Come on, Sam. <laughs> Sam and I drove to the old building. The Fate Sisters Thread Factory was one of the oldest warehouses in the industrial district of Neon City. It looked identical to all the other large factories in the area, save for a giant mural on the side of the building that depicted three sisters dressed like extras out of a Cecil B. DeMille film. The sisters appeared to be taking great care of a single piece of thread. At least, that's what it used to look like. By the time Sam and I arrived, the mural had been all but engulfed in an inferno. Sam parked the car near the rest of the emergency vehicles that had arrived on the scene. 
A firefighter emerged from the building with a soot-covered woman in a work uniform. She looked distressed and kept fighting the firefighter's grasp as he led her clear the flames. My daughter! You don't understand. My daughter is in there. Ma'am! Yes? Where is she? Which floor? Third. She's on the third floor. She was sick and wanted to come with me. Sam? Find the stairs. Over here. All right. Watch out. These steps could go at any moment. Sam! Gotcha. Thanks. I'm all right. I owe you one. Third floor. She should be around here somewhere. Hello? We're here to help you. Do you need to let us know where you are? I don't hear her. Uh, Look around. The fire burned my eyes and nose, but I did my best to scan the floor. Everything was smoke and fire. I had almost given up when I saw Sam looking at the ceiling. The fire had exposed the beams of the rafters and Sam was staring wide at at a spot toward the back of the room. What is it, Sam? I thought... I mean... I think I saw that thing again. Sam, we don't have time for this. Sam! I know she's over here. There was no time to argue. Sam's hunch was as good as anything, so I followed him to the far side of the room. The smoke and fire continued to rip through the warehouse, and I had no idea if we'd be able to get out of the building, if there was still a building to get out of. Over there, behind those shelves. I see her. Lift it off her, and I'll get it out. Hurry up! I got her! Alright, come on! Through the smoke and flames, I saw Sam set down the shelf. I waited for him to make his way back to where I pulled the girl, but instead of moving, he just stood there, staring at the ceiling. I followed his gaze to that spot in the rafters, and it, it was difficult to make out with all the shadows cast by the flames, but there did seem to be something dark moving up there. Something darker than the shadows. Sam! Get out of there! Do you see it? Sam! Do you see it, Jack? Sam! Jack, look out! Oof! Jack, I'm stuck! I'm pinned down! But... but the girl... I'll come back for you, Sam! No, no, Jack! Jack, don't leave! Jack, help me! Jack! I picked up the girl and ran for the fire exit. The blaze was now surrounding me on all sides, and all the while, I could hear Sam's cries for help, him begging me to come back for him. But I kept running, and by the time I stopped, I had made it to the street. I handed the girl over to the paramedics, but as I turned to go back for Sam, there was a sudden, earth-shattering explosion inside the factory. Sam. I dropped my knees, gasping for air, until finally, I passed out.
When I woke up, I was in the hospital. A soft beep let me know that I was still alive. As my eyes focused, I saw that I was not alone in the room. Officer Flynn was sitting in a chair asleep. I tried to speak, but my throat felt like I had just downed a pack of Lucky Strike. Rookie? Detective Tracer, you're up! What happened? You saved that little girl. She's just down the hall and she's doing just fine. Sam. I'm sorry, sir. You're sure? They recovered Detective Marlowe's body this morning. They... I... Wanted you to have this. Officer Flynn. Uh... Mickey. Did they find anything else? Any other bodies? That little girl was the last person in the building, and you got her out. No, there was someone else. What do you mean? Sam, he... He saw someone in the factory. Someone led him to the girl. Did you get a look at this person? We can bring someone in. Did you get get a sketch done? No, it... This is gonna sound crazy. It wasn't human. Not human? I think I saw it too. Right before Sam... I saw a black shadow. The same shadow that led Sam to the girl. The same shadow that Sam saw before. Sir? Call me Jack. Jack, what shadow? Do you believe in fate, Mickey? Suppose I do. I never have. I always thought that fate was something people use to make themselves feel better when things go wrong. But now, I don't know. Maybe there is a plan for everyone. Maybe Sam was supposed to help me save that girl. And he died a hero. But why? Why did he need to die? Who makes these decisions? It's a loaded question, Jack. What if... What if there are things out there? Things with their fingers on the scales of our lives. Something telling us where to go, what to do, when to die. Jack. Sam didn't need to die. Someone, something made that decision. Maybe you need to get some rest. You're talking about what, a monster? Maybe. Do you know how crazy that sounds? I do, Mickey, I do. You really should wait for the nurse. I'm fine. Here. Take this. Your badge? Why? I won't be needing it anymore. What are you going to do? I need answers. I need to know what Sam and I saw was real. I need to know if there was something else out there. And what'll you do if you find something? What I couldn't do for Sam. By yourself? For now. But who knows? Maybe I'll need your help someday. I don't quite know what it is you mean to do, but I hope you find what you're looking for. I looked down at the remaining badge in my hand. Sam's badge. Detective Marlowe. I nodded at Mickey, put the badge in my pocket, 
and walked out of the hospital. A lot's changed since that day. I found a new purpose. I discovered that the world is much bigger and much more terrifying than I had ever imagined. I've confronted things that have attempted to swing fate in their dark direction. Yeah, a lot's changed. And I've never forgotten why I'm here. And why I do what I do. Neon Knights, the Arcane Files of Jack Tracer, was co-created by Will Snyder and Rachel Craig. The episode, The Case of the Haunted Past, was written by Aaron Sarka and directed by Will Snyder. Theme song was done by Daniel Carl, with additional music by Kevin McLeod. Jack Tracer was played by Will Snyder. Sam Marlowe was played by Dustin Napier. Waitress and Employee was played by Cheyenne Fitzpatrick. And Young Mickey Flynn was played by Adam Hobbin. If you are a fan of Neon Knights, the Arcane Files of Jack Tracer, please like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Neon Knights Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Jack underscore Tracer. You can also listen to all episodes on our website, evilkittenproductions.com. Finally, if you like the show, help us grow by giving us a rating and a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks for listening.